Practice family, hopefully you're well. Hello, welcome to another Community Sunday at Praxis Church. We're just so thrilled you're joining in with us. And I just got to say, I know I'm always like just really pumped about Community Sunday, but I just want to say I love these moments and times where we get to spend time with each other in homes together, just being together in community. And uh, so, so thankful you're with us. Hopefully you're uh, doing well and uh, hanging in there. Really happy that you're joining us. And like I said, there is something just about slowing down together and being in homes, turning our lives towards each other. You know, sometimes it's easy, really easy to do kind of churchy stuff, you know, and we're for that in the sense of like worship and teaching and kids programs, all of this is necessary. And, you know, our gatherings at Goodwill, we want to, you know, create space for all those things. But there is something about slowing down and just turning our lives in towards each other, about eating together and just giving space. And yes, we want to do that at Goodwill Industries. You know, we talk often that our liturgy is an hour long. The gathering at Goodwill on Sundays is as long as you want to make it. We still want that as part of like, hey, come and turn our lives towards each other. But there is something unique about Community Sunday where there's not a lot of extra stuff outside of being together and at times coming around a common theme. So that's all to say. Thanks for joining us. Love you guys so much. And hopefully you're having just a beautiful time today. Um, here's the plan. Just want to take two minutes, maybe a little more than two minutes, but I want to be pretty quick here. Just a quick reflection that joins in, in this collection of teachings we have in a series called Domestic Monastery. If you're just joining us, the hope for these few weeks together is to just really focus on creating space in our homes for the practices and spiritual disciplines that one of the things we've wanted to do over these weeks is become more intentional about doing this at home, practicing the way of Jesus at home. And so the hope has been is to cultivate four particular practices. There are more practices we could and should be doing, for sure, but four things that we could really be intentional with in our homes to create more space, to become more like Jesus, to do what he did. This is what this is about. And we really feel like if we're doing this, what happens is, the result of that is we become people of love. We become these disciples uh, of love following King Jesus together. And so whether you have kids or you don't, whether you have flatmates or, or roommates, if you're in university or college or whatever, wherever you're at, really when we use the word household or family, we're talking about your home, the things that you're creating in your home. And ultimately, you know, you have control over that. Right? There's some things that we do in community together on Sundays and throughout the week as a church community that we would have, I would have maybe a little more control over in helping create space for things. The beautiful thing is we don't want just pastors to be creating liturgies. We want to encourage you to think about the liturgies of your own home. With that said, a couple weeks ago, we started just with an introduction and then we've looked at two primary things so far. One is scripture creating space for us to be people who are saturated in scripture, making sure that we're bringing the big story of God to bear in our homes. And there's different ways that we can do that in being intentional with seeing the story of God and scripture take root in our homes. Last week we looked at prayer and the, the focus was really on fixed hours or rhythm prayer and just asking questions around, could there be things that we do just like people throughout the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, are there things that we could do in our homes in a rhythm to actually pray, to actually do it? Instead of just talking about it, actually participate in prayer. 
Um, so those are the two things you can listen back if you're just joining with us. I think there's some things that we could take away. We want to be, uh, and I don't always like using this word, but practical in a sense as we engage these things. Today, you're in homes, you're eating together, we're here together, maybe you're just joining us online or whatever. I want to look at another practice as part of these four practices. The tension here is we've talked a lot about this this year. It's the practice of hospitality and in particular eating together. And there's lots of content that we've wrestled through earlier this year as we took the spring months to look at hospitality. I just want to give a quick reflection on not just being hospitable in our practices as a church, but what could we be doing at home, right? Paul again says in Romans 12, he says this, and we looked at this verse more in depth in the spring. He says, love, not lust, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Then Paul says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, and share with the Lord's people who are in need. And then Paul says, practice hospitality. One of the things we've drilled into a little bit as a community over the last several years is my passion for the Lord's Supper. I engage, kind of re-engaged this in seminary and really believe that the practice of communion or the Lord's Supper in homes too, what we're doing today, is a beautiful way to practice like the early church practiced. Actually, the Lord's Supper or meals together, I really believe is almost like the best practice for a post-Christian world because the post-Christian church is more like the pre-Christendom church before things kind of got organized uh, more. Um, and as we see the early roots of the church in homes, there's something powerful about eating meals together. And we have very much over time looked at the reality that God's people are people of bread, that bread and meals has always been central in those who follow God. This has always been a central thing for us. Uh, you've heard me use this Wolfgang Von D quote, but let me just say it again. He says this, the expression to eat bread meant to share a meal, not only for the sake of eating, but in the sense of coming together and associating with one another. In the Hebrew culture, an invitation to eat bread was synonymous with an invitation to enter into a relationship and to join a fellowship of people. To join a fellowship of people. That's what it meant to eat bread. The word companion literally means bread together, right? From the Latin phrase, calm, together, and pani, bread, Company literally means bread together. Now here's the thing. We've got to push on this and invite this when we talk about our households getting together as the church community and the new family. A lot of emphasis needs to be put on this because at times it's not as natural to eat with other people, right? For some of us, that's that we need to be invited into that in the sense of community in the church. As we look at our homes, we have to be reminded that our homes are places where we have to eat to sustain ourselves. And there's something powerful that comes in our family units, in our households, when we eat together. So we wanna invite the church community, like you're doing today, to eat together. But we wanna think, we wanna think strategically about hospitality in our own homes. And really, one of the things that happens is if we are the head, you know, the heads of our households, whether that's parents or if you're in a, in a 
uh, a marriage together, maybe you don't have children, or maybe you're just kind of leading the culture in your own home if you're living with others, single and living with others. It doesn't matter how this shapes up. If you have some influence on your home, one of the things we would love to see is creating space to eat, obviously, with people in your home, with your household and with your family, but also doing it in light of it being a practice that cultivates a way to follow Jesus together. So much happens when we create space to eat together. And I get it, some of us are busy and there's a lot going on, but we just want to think intentionally about what we do when we eat together, creating a sense of hospitality in our homes for uh, our kids, if you have them, and really giving space in conversation, in, in the rhythm of prayer sometimes. I think we said last week, no more pithy prayers around kind of mealtime. We want to create space to actually pray and talk about the story of God, that, the, that meals could unleash a deeper sense of community in our homes and care for each other. I don't have a litany of statistics in front of me for this week, but it is true that a lot of research shows that families that eat together and households that eat together regularly in design time where they're not on the run are healthier. And that's because something powerful happens when we eat together. It creates space for us in our homes and households. And so we think through this as the church and being people of bread and what we want to do is think through, okay, we also eat. How can we be intentional in being hospitable to the people or, or in our homes, in our households? But also for some of us that have kids, this is really caught, not as much taught. Our kids see something within us when we're not only hospitable with them, but we're hospitable with the people around us. We talked back in the spring about the importance, yes, of eating together as the church, but also that Jesus' mission strategy was not just like blasting out scripture verses at people and telling them where they're going to go, right? It was eating meals together. Jesus came eating and drinking. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. And so all this is is just a reflection to spur us on to think about meals in our homes as places and spaces for discipleship, for each other, creating space. Joshua Jipp, he's put it like this when he talked about hospitality. He said, Jesus' extension of divine hospitality is characterized by peace, healing of alienation from God and others, deep joy and forgiveness. Jesus describes God's hospitality as life, namely as a resurrection from death to life. Those, I love what he says, those who have been welcomed into God's family continue to experience fellowship with the risen Jesus as hosts of their community and their meals. And he goes on and says, those who experienced divine welcome will seek to share God's hospitality with others. Those who experience divine welcome, the welcome of God, will seek and look everywhere to, to, to find space to share God's hospitality with others. And I would just say this, if you have any sense of control or ability to create certain rhythms, uh, again, as a parent or in a, in a marriage, or again, as somebody who's single, um, if you have any sense of being able to create these rhythms, I would just, like we talked in the spring, if you have experienced the divine hospitality of God, look for places to be hospitable with those in our households as a way to open up opportunity to become deeper disciples of Jesus.
man, uh, that's what I want for my life. I have, God has saved me and given me his grace and his love. And now I want to find spaces to actually embody that with the people that I have influence over in my household. So this is really simple. You're like, the, the, you know, this is not rocket science. Just thinking through what we can do. One is just eat together. Be intentional in our households to eat together and maybe combine some of the other disciplines. Create space for prayer. Uh, a kind of kingdom coming type of prayer like we've looked at in the Lord's Prayer. And space to talk about the story of God, amongst other things, real life things. You know this in our households. Meals open up so many things that are just unscripted, and that is the beauty of it. The second thing I would just say as we kind of wind down and give some time for discussion is, again, the reality that, especially if you have kids, they will catch an atmosphere of hospitality if you're setting that as parents and as kind of leading the household. There's something that needs to be passed on. You know, we talk about hospitality as a practice for the church. We've done this again a lot this year, but we want the next generation not only to experience it, but to pass it on. Jesus' mission was to come. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking. And, you know, we have to think through, yes, being strategic with how we eat, but also being strategic and thinking through how we pass hospitality on to the next generation. You and I have experienced divine hospitality. Let's create space to pass it on to others. That's our hope. That's our prayer. And so here we go. The building blocks. The great story of scripture. Prayer. Rhythms of prayer. But also, could we be people in our own spaces where we inhabit to eat create space for discipleship, and show hospitality to the people around us. This is the beauty of the kingdom of God. This is kind of what we're going after as we talk about practices in our homes. And so you and I are not going to be able to, most, most of us are not going to be able to move to a monastery, but what if we created these rhythms in our home? What if we really took eating meals together seriously? Now with all this said, don't want to be a talking head. I've probably gone longer here than I should have. I want to give you space to wrestle through this. Let's take some time. Some questions are going to come up. And uh, why don't we take some time just to wrestle through them? What do you think? What are you experiencing? What are you noticing as we think about hospitality and eating bread together in our homes as a way to experience God together?